0: yeah they they need they need bodies they need more effective players and just right now this team is so incomplete it almost feels like wrong to to come to a conclusion through 20 games or whatever because this won't be the team that goes into the playoffs like brad tree living like just can't be done like it it, it's just not a finished product and if it is then it's not a good one
1: You're now listening to The Voice in the Booth podcast with your
2: hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 191 of the podcast. Cody, Abrams and Melbourne, uh, all three of us with you for the second week in a row. And, uh, Fellas, we are here uh, past American Thanksgiving. We are at the quarter mark of the NHL season officially and uh, we're going to be talking about our three uh, favorite teams, the the Sabres, the Devils, and the Leafs, uh, and our thoughts on them at the quarter mark of this NHL season. But first of all, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing great. Excited for this week. I'm heading to the Leafs game on Thursday. They're playing Seattle, so it'll be the first time I've ever seen Seattle play uh, in person.
0: And exciting. Stop by my place, Case. I can give you a Jared McCann jersey, <laughs> or alternatively, I could give you one of my many Leafs jerseys if you prefer that. I caught enough flack wearing a Devils jersey to a Devils Leafs game, so I don't know if I'm going to rock the Seattle. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That I assume I assume it's like a work thing. That'd be hilarious if you rock up and your coworkers are like, "Wait, what? What? That's like why? you're a Kraken fan? That's yeah. odd." Uh, yeah, do, doing well, guys. Um, Page actually has been in Aruba for the past week so I've just been spending time by myself in my you know bachelor pad here but she's back today tonight actually and I wanted to ask you guys before we get into this episode here do you guys know um you know the the Reddit thread am i the asshole you, you guys are aware of that no people post on Reddit and they post a whole story and at the end The people in in the Reddit comments tell them whether they think the poster is the asshole or not. Right. Okay. So I wanted to propose something to you as if we're on Twitter. So am I the asshole for not wanting to and actually not picking up my girlfriend from the airport? Like, Like to me, going to the airport, driving there to pick someone up just to drive them back when they could Uber or like take transit, even though it's my girlfriend, she's been gone for a week. Like To me, that is the most pointless trip on the planet and extremely stressful for absolutely no reason, like driving to an airport and then driving back. So I wanted to ask you guys, am I the asshole? And hopefully, if you guys say I am, Paige doesn't listen to this. Well, I hope Paige doesn't listen to this
1: then because... If it was anyone else, I think you're not the asshole because you're right. Like there's 63 Ubers sitting out front of the airport waiting to pick people up and take them wherever they need to go. And they're like steps from the <laughs> from the sidewalk. Like they're waiting for you. So it's so much easier than driving in there and picking someone up. Not to mention the timing. You don't know when they're actually gonna land and when they're actually gonna get through the airport and everything and pick up their luggage and all of that. So in a nutshell, it's a pain in the
0: ass. I agree with you there. That's what I'm saying. But, but. That, I mean, listen. But it's, I've, I've learned over 26 years and I know better. All I'm saying is that it's a 40 minute drive from downtown to Etobicoke. And, you know, depending on traffic, obviously. And it's on a weeknight. And to me, I just didn't think it was Necessary to undergo that stress, but anyways, wanted to pose it to you guys, Harper. What what do you think?
2: Well, it's also Pearson International, which is insane all the time. <coughs> One so. of the worst airports on the planet, according <laughs> to a lot of people. So, so anytime you can uh, you can justify not making a, a trip there, unless you're getting on a flight to go somewhere hot and sunny. I I think it's okay.
0: Okay, perfect. A 1-1 <laughs> split. Thank you, Harper. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> like
1: obviously, I think it doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't have to.
2: <laughs> yeah, I okay. will say, though, Chad, at the same time, I mean, if your woman asks you to do something, you should do it, even yeah, if you don't want to. That's, that's <laughs> very
0: true. I mean, listen, I think Paige and I have been lo- together long enough that we have an understanding that it's a bit of a waste of time. I think there is a small part of her that probably wants me to pick her up. And who knows, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't, but we'll see. She, she's arriving in a few hours. So anyways, just wanted to pose that to you guys, because I think picking someone up from the airport is one of the most miserable experiences in life. That's all. I agree. Thanks.
2: Yeah, fair enough. She gets back from a great trip and you're just like, oh, great. Here's my ride to the airport. It's not like I'm going on a nice trip like that right now or anything. I, I get it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, Harp, how are you doing? And then let's get into to the episode here.
2: Yeah, doing good. Um, obviously getting closer and closer to Christmas, which is uh, which is very exciting, and uh, a lot of exciting things coming up for for us, of course, and getting into World Junior previews and stuff like that to come. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for for what's to come. Already looking at the December calendar, and it's filling up nicely. I'm sure we'll see each other, and and uh, just looking forward to what's ahead for sure. Okay.
0: well, before we get into this episode, then the meat and potatoes talking about our teams at the quarter mark of the season, I wanted to do another mini game and we've never done one like this before. So I'm hoping all goes well. This mini game is called Guess the Voice. I'm going to play you guys five NHL players in short little clips. All you have to do is guess who said that. I'm I'm going to preface at the start here. It's not overly difficult. Some of them are pretty easy, but what I'm going to do is start easy and increasingly get more difficult. So either of you can answer here. I'm not going to say, okay, it has to be case. It has to be Harper. Either of you can answer. You guys can talk about it, but that's what we're going to do. I... I'm going to try at this.
1: I don't think I'm going to do well, and I don't want to do well because I don't know if I want to be the guy who
0: knows NHL players by voice. I think you guys are going to do all right. And, you know, fitting for a podcast, we're doing it by voice here. Okay, so here's the first one, guys. Ready? Listen up. Okay. Okay. You know, we got a really good team. Guys are feeling confident
3: here. Even going down 2-0 in the third, I thought we were you know, going to end up winning the game. And
0: Okay, you guys know that first one? jack Hughes.
2: <laughs> that's a good guess case i don't harp oh my god it, it's quinn it's quinn hughes it's okay. Quinn. oh All right, it's okay like, no
0: no no so collectively then we'll we'll say you're one for one if someone gets it i'll give it to you well you yeah me. but
1: i mean i'm not far it's off i thought it was jack because no. they
0: sound alike
2: <laughs> i i thought it was originally jack too yeah um, let's hear it back
0: we got a really good team. Guys are feeling confident here, even going down 2-0 in the third, I think. Yeah, I, I, I could see how you Okay, yeah,
2: now point. now the second time I can hear the difference. Jack is like, I don't know, he, he just, it, it, yeah, he sounds a little bit different. They sound very similar, but yes, there there is a difference there. So, yeah, that, that's Quinn for sure.
0: Okay, I'll give you guys that first one. Like I said, collectively, if, if you both, or if one of you gets it, then, then I'll give it to you. Going to number two now, and we're just going to do number four. Uh, I'll I'll play a bit here. Tell me what you think. Tell me who you think it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, you know, had the the lead again, and then a couple of mistakes,
3: and, you know, we're we're chasing it again, and, you know. Any guesses? That's all you're getting. Oh, God. Uh, This one's tough.
0: That's all you're getting.
2: That's, uh, and it's, are, are, like, are they all players? They're all players. And okay. I
0: thought, honestly, this one would be pretty, pretty easy. It, he plays for
3: Columbus. Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, you know, had to, had to lead again and then a couple of, couple of mistakes and, you know, we're, we're chasing it again and, you know,
0: I mean, it sound, he sounds young, so I'm going to say Fantilli. <laughs> He's Finnish. Does that help? Line A? It's Patrick Line Ly- i I'm shocked. I thought I, you guys would
2: get this that one. Does a, a yeah, just, I uh, cannot you know, picture the, the him and sounding pull, like that. Mistakes and, you know, I'm shocked. I really thought you guys would get that one. I, I don't know. I, I, kind of, I thought maybe that was a coach. Like I, I don't know.
1: I guess he's been working on his accent on uh, Fortnite.
0: For a Finnish guy, he sounds like an American. Like he really, like you can't tell. But okay, this is just going swimmingly, guys. Let's go to number three and four here and get on with the regular episode here. Number three, tell me who you think this is. My line, uh, especially me. I wasn't having my best night, but uh, turning too many pucks overs
3: and playing a little soft. But uh...
0: Any thoughts on that one? Swedish in the Pacific Division.
3: My line, uh, especially me, I wasn't having my best night, but I uh, turned too many pucks overs and was playing a little soft, but... Uh...
2: Swedish in the Pacific, Elias Lindholm? No, nope. close, okay. good guess. Okay. I, th-
0: I think I oh, really... Oh, 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 oh. oh, do you Leo know? Leo
2: Carlson. <laughs>
0: man I think I really overestimated your guys' abilities with Damn this. Maybe it. I would do just as bad. But I, I think
1: thought, you I, think we know it because you know it. I know. <laughs> I and that's probably the case,
0: right? I just thought, I think that man.
2: you know you know.
0: <laughs> okay, one more time. Okay, one more time. Swedish in the Pacific, Swedish mm-hmm. center.
3: My line, uh especially me, I wasn't having my best night, but uh I turned too many pucks overs and was playing a little soft, but uh
1: I mean, I thought Pedersen had a better accent than that.
0: Oh, that's who it is. Is that your is. guess?
2: Yeah. That's it's totally Elias Pedersen. That's totally who it is. Oh, good job, Case.
0: See, that was actually good. I thought you guys would get that one quicker. Now, okay, this hasn't been going very well. You guys are not going to get this. Can't wait to throw this at the end of the episode as a botched game, right, Chad? <laughs> I mean, honestly, maybe we should at this point. But, Okay. You guys are definitely not going to get this one if you didn't get <laughs> the last two, but here it is anyway. You
3: know, they're a really good forechecking checking team. They're on top of you all over the ice. They compete hard, so it's definitely going to be a good challenge for us.
0: Any guesses? I can give hints. You can ask me for hints. Yeah, yeah. Give us a hint. Defenseman in the Atlantic. I'll play it again.
3: You know, they're a really good forechecking checking team. They're on top of you all over the ice. They compete hard, so it's definitely going to be a good challenge for us.
0: <laughs> Shit. Plays on my team, the Maple Leafs. You know, they're a really good forechecking checking team. They're on top of you all over the ice. They compete hard, so it's definitely going to be a good challenge for us.
2: TJ Brody. Former Buffalo
3: Sabre. You know, they're a really good forechecking checking team. They're on top of you all over the ice. They compete hard, so it's definitely going to be a good challenge for us.
0: Former Chicago Blackhawk. You know, they're a really good forechecking checking team. They're on top of you all over the ice. They compete hard, so it's definitely going to be a good challenge for us. Jake McCabe? <laughs> it's Jake oh, McCabe. Okay. How oh are we ever geez. supposed Listen, to know Jake McCabe? <laughs> Listen, guys, I knew you wouldn't get the last one. I thought uh-huh. you would get... Okay, so I had Crosby teed up. Harper actually got that one without even playing a, a full a full clip of it. We were having technical difficulties with that one. I thought the rest, like I thought Pedersen case, I thought you would have got that one. Um, I mean, you did eventually. Hughes, I thought you both would have got that instantly. I mean, you kind of did because you guessed Jack and then Harper guessed uh, Quinn. So I don't know. I I just it was one of those things. And then Line A is known for being finished but having like almost no accent so i don't know so how would i how <laughs> i listen i think i overestimated your your guys's abilities to to guess that and i feel like maybe i would be in the same boat so i don't know case
2: game you're, case you're telling game. me you don't watch blue jackets players post games interviews dude like <laughs> no <laughs>
0: Whatever. Botched Ugh. game. I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board next week and we'll do a blind ranking like we should have done in the first place.
2: I, I, I like that, though. That was fun. I, uh, I started on my morning show, started doing like this name that movie quote kind of game for Lotto Max and Lotto 649. And so you have to, you have to hear the audio of like a, a, qu- a clip from a movie and like guess what movie it's from. So I, I like it. I like the idea. But yeah, we, uh, we got some improvement to do.
0: What if I did like, like McDavid? Would you guys have got McDavid? Like, can you hear him in your head right now? When I say Connor McDavid, can you hear what he sounds like? Yeah. Yeah, The guy
1: who the media has posted his (laughs) press conferences every day for the last two months. Yeah,
0: I think I'll remember that one. I guess. Okay. What about like, like, I'm just thinking of guys here. Like, what about Brent Burns? Would you, can you picture what he sounds like? I don't know. Maybe I could tell that Sounds he doesn't enough. have many
1: teeth in his mouth.
2: Yeah. yeah exactly. Doughty, not, another guy. I don't know.
0: I was just, I was thinking like who Doughty, would be recognizable. I could, I could get Doughty, I think. Yeah. And then I, you know, I wanted it to get progressively harder and harder. So I, you know what? It was a, it was a good opportunity for, uh, for, for learning and growth here. And we'll come back in the future with some easier ones and it'll be fun. How does that <laughs> sound?
2: I'm disappointed in myself that I couldn't get the Jake McCabe one sooner, especially <laughs> when you said former Saber. I just thought, yeah,
0: true. I Mike. don't. This might be a game time decision if we even keep this in, boys. Let's get into the <laughs> to, to okay. the regular episode.
2: All right, so quarter mark of the NHL season already as uh, we're almost into the month of December here, holy jumping, and uh, we're, we're going to touch on our three favorite teams and kind of where they're at at the quarter mark of the NHL season. So the Devils, uh, the Leafs, and the Sabres. And uh, just taking a look at the NHL standings right now, I think what we can say, boys, is that... Um, you know, we, we talked about that American Thanksgiving kind of cutoff point, but um, I don't even know if it applies because a lot of good teams have had kind of rocky starts and have just been inconsistent. And we think that um, it's going to get better for for a lot of teams out there, maybe even including our three teams, which we're going to be talking about here. So anyway, let's get into this Uh, case. We'll start with you, man. The new Jersey devils nine, nine and one 19 points on the season through 19 games played. Obviously um, it's been a, a a bit of an up and down start for your devils. Obviously a few key injuries Uh, they're getting healthier and, uh, and that, and, just walloped my Buffalo Sabres on the weekend. Uh, So thoughts on your Devils at the quarter uh, point of the season?
1: Yeah, you know, so far it doesn't look good, especially when we keep talking about that Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving stat. But something you have to remember is this team was in the middle of a 14-game winning streak last year. So anyone can pop off at any time, and, and I believe that it's in the Devils to do that. There's been three things to start this season that have really hurt them and and put them where they are in the standings currently. The first is goaltending. It has not been good. There's been flashes of some decent goaltending, but uh, overall, Vanacek has suffered in the goal save above expected. He's well below currently. The team is fourth last in the league with an 8-7-6 save percentage. So goaltending certainly has not helped them. Turnovers in crucial areas has also hurt the team, but also hurt goaltending. So I guess you can put these hand in hand. This team can be outperforming and dominating a team for 20 straight minutes. They have one bad turnover in the neutral zone or in their own end, and the team doesn't know how to react, and they end up scoring. But something that I've been maybe attributing in this to is the fact that they've been playing 11 forwards and seven defense so often so far this year because of injuries. This results in you not having good chemistry with your D partner, not quite knowing where they are on the ice or who's covering you. It's a lot different playing uh, Hamilton with Siegenthaler than Hamilton with, I mean, anyone else. Hamilton needs that defensive rock on the ice. Same as, you know, John Marino, you pair him up with someone who can play a little more offensively, but. It's not worked so far this year because they've had so many injuries. So that's the third thing that's been playing in this team. He sure has missed considerable amount of time after a Connor Clifton hit to the head. Um, I like Clifton's response to the media after last game when they got walloped by the Devils. Smith and him had a little bout, but he says, you know, it's not over yet. I, you know, he hates that he sure missed time, but he gets that in the other change room. It's not over. so he knows he he messed up and he's you know he's ready to answer the bell i like that anyways he missed considerable amount of time hughes missed time myers missed time no sick lazar howla all these forwards have been out and it's resulted in guys from the ahl cracking the roster on forward as well as them going 11 forwards and 70 resulting in some tough turnovers and some poor goaltending so snowballing um other than that, like the power play has been phenomenal. Jesper Bratt has looked out of this world. So I think that this is a team that they're very high in the expected goal share and it hasn't clicked quite yet, but at any time they're going to start popping off. And I think that 7-2 win over Buffalo is going to be the, the you know, the gun at the uh, the starting line.
0: Case, who is the seventh guy on the back end that they just need to play? like or is it the case where they don't want a 12th forward to play because they don't feel like they have 12 quality guys like what what's the what's going on All there? of the injuries have been
1: <clears throat> week to week at most and it's resulted in a situation where they they can't bring up their best forwards because their best forwards in the AHL are Nolan Foot and Graham Clark. And it was Tice Thompson. Guys like that who they're going to call them up for a couple games and then they have to hit waivers. And you don't Mm want to lose Nolan Foote right now to waivers. You want to bring him up when you think he gets a full chance or um, when there's a long injury, something like that. So that's my feeling of what's going on there. The seventh defenseman at the moment is Colin Miller. So it does make sense to play him, but Like there's so many problems when you're playing 11 and seven. I think Toronto's experienced this as well, Mm -hmm. where for one, something I never even thought of, but Ken Dinico mentioned it on there the other day is the amount of too many men on the ice penalties for the New Jersey Devils is second in the league to the Toronto Maple. I was going to say, bet it's lower than Toronto. The Leafs <laughs> have seven. And I think the Devils have six. So it's ridiculous. God. But I think no one. know am I going? Am I not going? Am I going with my regular lineup? If I- am I slotting down to the next line to to cover that one gap? Like it's mm-hmm. such a mess. But. You know, yeah, injuries has played a a big part in that. and Missing the top two centers results in, you know, Michael McLeod stepping up and playing very well on the first line, but he's not Jack Hughes and he's not Nico Heischer.
0: Yeah, obviously. And then missing Timo Meyer too. Not only are you missing some scoring and, and power play scoring too, but you're missing a physical presence as well, which of course just adds to it. But I asked about the lineup because when I was digging into some of the numbers, I noticed that. You know they're not giving up a crazy amount compared to other teams. Like I think, yeah, just checking my notes here. They're 14th in the league in expected goals against. So it's not like the D's been been terrible. They just have been sort of unlucky in the goaltending department. But every line that I looked at that had Brennan Smith on it is getting outchanced every time they're out there. So I, I don't like. Is that the problem? Is Smith not playing well, or or like I... what, is there more to it? <sighs> the devils you should read the comments on the devil's (laughs) post
1: because it's everyone calling for brendan smith's head at this point oh wow um okay you know he's a likable guy and he has moments you know he's he's unnoticeable which is a good thing until he makes a terrible mistake and it's it's frustrating they've actually been playing him at forward the last two games uh Really? He started as a forward. I believe in New York, he played winger for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And they have him back there now. They actually just sent down Wallman, which tells me that Meyer's back. Or they think that Smith is a great forward. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Colin Miller did start the, the season injured. So that maybe is a mm-hmm. reason why uh, Smith you know, got the start to the season. But... Uh, you read the comments, it's Smith out, Nemitz up, uh, Miller in, anything like that,
0: basically. Uh, so hopefully that changes in the, in the future here. Mm-hmm. I just noticed when I was looking, like every other pair that has played together, at least, you know, I forget what I set the slider at, but like whatever, 60 minutes together on, on Money Pug, every other pair was positive except for every pair that Smith has played on. So I don't know if that's them playing him further up in the lineup than he should be or, or what's going on there. But I noticed it wasn't good. Um, but then also another thing I noticed was the penalty kill on this team wasn't very good, despite, again, not giving up crazy amounts at five on five. Their penalty kills 23rd in the league right now. So do you have any insight in, into what exactly is going on there? Yeah, the Norris finalist has been out for has only played seven games this year. Wait, really? Not Norris, sorry. I, I, I Wait, I was going to say, I thought you were talking about <laughs> about Hamilton. No, but- the Selkie
1: finalist, excuse <clears throat> me, has been only played eight games this year, seven games. So yeah. that's okay. definitely hurt the PK. Um, and then, I mean, goaltending also fits. It's your most important penalty killer. And they've been the fourth worst in the league. So it's that's where I'd say that I'm at with the penalty kill um typically they're pretty middle of the road on the pk and that's what i would expect in the end it's probably going to even out to there especially with he back but um they have the pieces like eric Howell is a great killer mcleod's a great killer he- he- Heisher's a great killer so i think that's going to even out eventually but they also another you know statistic here like in the world of statistics not a lot of pks i think hmm. they're in the bottom five and penalties taken so it's you know, yeah, smaller sample size, small sample size. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I wanted to ask too, do you think they miss Ryan Graves and Damon Severson? I know Severson hasn't been good in Columbus at all. He's been, I don't know if he's been scratched or just benched, um, after getting that $50 million ticket, but now he's do you think they miss either of those guys. Um, I think Ryan Graves slightly. I don't think that they're
1: missing Damon Severson, especially with him struggling in Columbus. He he added, you know, an offensive element that Luke Hughes is completely filled up, mm-hmm. and he's probably the you know after Brendan Smith the, the second biggest terrible t- turnover player on <laughs> on the team. So, um, yeah, he he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but his mistakes result in goals.
0: Yeah, I think of our three teams. The Devils are probably right now, anyways, performing the furthest below expectations. But also, of our three teams, probably have the best excuse for doing so because they've, you know, they've had injuries and stuff. But anyway, Harp, haven't heard from you in a while. What are your thoughts on New Jersey right now?
2: Yeah, I think we kind of um, had question marks about the the goaltending a little bit. Obviously, Schmid is the the goalie, of the future there. But um, look, uh, that that's something that that Fitzgerald may may go out and and address at at some point. But um, I, I think that uh, this team will. Will get going if they can stay healthy here, then uh, they can they can get hot. We we've seen that before. Obviously, last year it was ridiculous that run that they went on with uh, with the fourteen uh, game winning streak or early in the season. And just looking at the Metro, I think you've you've got the Rangers obviously at the top, and and Carolina is starting to look more like. Carolina, uh, I think Philadelphia. It will come down to earth. We're we're seeing the Capitals kind of come down to earth a little bit now. Uh, lost to San Jose the other night. Before that, they got walloped by the Oilers. So um, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned with uh, with New Jersey. I think just a couple of injuries and and uh, just the, the goaltending has contributed to uh, not not the start that we expected, but um, they'll they'll get hot here and they'll be fine
1: yeah, and they've only played nineteen games, So they win their next two games.
0: They're third in the division, yeah, yeah. exactly. I've heard that in the East this year, the cutoff might be like closer to one hundred points for the playoffs just because the West is so bad this year to start the season, and the east is is so good. Like last year, you know, like last episode, we mentioned that the cutoff for both was about you know ninety to ninety five points. So say it's around ninety three. I've heard people talk that it could be closer to 100 in the East specifically. So it's crazy, man. There's so many good teams and the Devils are certainly one of them. And like nine, nine and one, if they get average goaltending, like how often do we say this? But if they get average goaltending moving forward, they'll be fine. Totally fine. They'll make the playoffs. No problem. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or to get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits and there's never been a better time to sign up. So when you visit our page at signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable signup offers for new users and when you register through the link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. So if you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand in the meantime, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash booth. This podcast is sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek using the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app, and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek.
2: All right. <laughs> um Chadwick, let's uh, let's go to you your uh Toronto Maple Leafs always a uh, a fun topic and uh they're uh, they're 10, six and three out of the gate uh through 19 games as uh, as well um five, three and two in their last 10. but I, I couldn't believe this uh, when Steve dangle tweeted out five wins in their last 19 or whatever. Five in regulation front, in regulation, five regulation yeah. wins. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's been uh it's it's been kind of up and down a little bit for for the Leafs to start, but uh only two points behind Detroit and Tampa Bay uh for for third and fourth in uh in the Atlantic. So, let's uh let's get into your Maple Leafs. Yeah, well, they're 10-6-3. So, that's a 605 points percentage. They're
0: second, like in the second wildcard spot right now. And you start to look at the Atlantic, man, and it's kind of scary. Like there were lots of points up for grabs to start the season through the first 20 games or so. You know, like Florida didn't have Ekblad or Montour. Both those guys are back. Uh, Tampa didn't have Vasilevsky. Well, he's back now. Both of those teams are ahead of Toronto, plus Boston, another team who we thought was going to fall off and, and hasn't those were points that could have been up for grabs for the Leafs too. So really like after a pretty sluggish start to the season through 20 some odd games, they don't look great, but I can't say that, you know, I expected them to be a top three team in the league. You know, like you look at the numbers and it kind of makes sense based on what we expected going into the season. We knew that, the defense was going to be worse. The only thing is we thought the offense would be better. And right now it just hasn't been. And I think that's a product of the first line, not being very good with Matthews and Marner uh, and Matthew Nice there. That's been switched up now. So now Matthews will be playing with Nylander, who's been incredible, uh, and Matthew Nice. So maybe that will give a boost to the offense. But when I was looking at the numbers, I was like shocked, but also not shocked that they were 17th in expected goals for, you know, this is a team that's consistently in the top five in, in the Matthews era. So that's pretty shocking. And then in expected goals against, I was not shocked to see that they are smack dab in the middle of the pack, 16th, giving up a lot of chances per game. Like it it hasn't been good. I said at the start of the season, they're probably going to give up more than we're used to. And that is exactly been the case. It's been because of a guy like John Klingberg, who hasn't been good enough players up front, like Ryan Reeves, who haven't been good enough, uh, lacking a true third line center, like Orion O'Reilly in the past and just defensively capable bottom six forwards, you know, Nola Chari, uh, Pierre Angval, Alex Kerfoot, guys like that who aren't in the lineup anymore. You know, it's kind of, showing for the Leafs so I don't think the sky's falling in Toronto but the team as it is right now the numbers back this up too just isn't good enough but it's also not that surprising given how the roster was constructed heading into the season
1: yeah and not to mention they they dropped a few games early in the season when Samsonov was struggling well they found the answer in that and that's Joseph Wall he's been great since he's come in uh at least you know statistically he's been really good there was a couple games at the beginning where i didn't think that they had a goalie to play but um he's been great so they have an answer to that it's consistency that this team really lacks uh it seems like you know when they're winning they're winning big and and when they're losing it's you know it, it looks rough and then that's the case in the top two players on this team uh, well who are supposed to be the top two players now me mm. landers a out for some reason. But Matthews and Marner, you know, going six games where the two of them don't have a single point in the game. Like that's unheard of with those it's guys. Insane. Six of yeah. Matthews' goals in the first two games, and he has 13. So, um, you know, those guys are either hot or they're absent. And that's what's hurting this team, I think. It's just lacking consistency and the fact, and it's resulting in all of the metrics being mid just Mm -hmm. absolute middle of the road of every single metric that's what i had in my notes i just quickly looked at these guys on money puck before we hopped on and i was like it's like 50 50 50 50 50 50 right in the middle of the road 18th 17th in the league on on every statistic it's except for too many men penalties
0: (laughs) yeah where they're number one and they have been for the last few years yeah so but yeah it's not like you know, it, it, like if I were to say to you that I don't expect the offense to get better, I would be lying because, you know, talking about consistency, Marner and Matthews over the fa- the past few years have been absolute models of consistency. You know, like Matthews almost scored 50 goals in 50 games, the one year that he scored 60, almost mm. did that. Marner had a uh, uh set a Maple Leafs record for most consecutive games with a point, you know, and and that was either last year or a couple of years ago now. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the point is, these guys have been incredibly consistent through their entire tenures as Leafs. I think, and, and I was like, I was kind of thinking about this. I think the problem is that they don't have a defensive line that they can play against other teams' top lines. So they're getting the toughest matchups at all times. And not only in the offensive end but in the defensive end too like i i haven't looked at the start numbers i think they're still starting quite a bit in the offensive end but it just seems like they almost never have the puck compared to how how often they usually do so i don't know what's going on i think like in the past you know sheldon Keefe would use a defensive third line with with just fast like killers who who would Wear out other teams' top lines or second lines. And now they kind of just don't have the personnel to do that. And I feel like Marner and Matthews are suffering a bit because they are always tasked with shutting down the other team's top line. So to me, that's sort of what I have been seeing from it. It'll be interesting to see now what happens with Nylander playing with Matthews and Marner with Tavares because you'd have to think that the Marner Tavares line would be getting the defensive. Uh, starts against the other team's top line because you know you probably trust Marner more defensively and and Tavares like you know you trust him more defensively than Nylander I guess so I don't know it'll be interesting to see going forward I think they should have split up the the two the top two lines way earlier in the season you guys know like I've always been an advocate for playing uh, Nylander with Matthews we haven't seen Nylander play this well. And also play with Matthews. So that could be an absolute recipe for success for this team. But I don't know, man, like they've got some real holes to fill. And now, because of John Klingberg on LTIR, they actually might have some space to do it. So I'm excited to see what they do going forward. whether it's, you know a third line center or or a stable top four defenseman. Whatever they do, like like something is clearly going to happen. I don't know how soon, but definitely before the deadline. And whatever they do, I think should make this team better because the personnel right now just honestly isn't good enough. Which is, you know, for the first time in a while, the Leafs don't look like a regular season juggernaut. Which, you know, my entire time watching Matthews and Marner, for the most part, except for maybe the first or second season that's what they've looked like, an absolute regular season juggernaut. So it's a different team. Something that you mentioned, you know, mentioning
1: the the line matchups, that's something that had me confused because I thought that Max Domi was going to flourish because of this, because he, you don't expect him to be out there as like the defensive line and playing against the other team's top lines. And you expect the top two lines to take you know, most of the attention of the defensive pairings from the other team. So you thought, I like, I was thought that Max Domi would have all this freedom to, to go out and score at will. But I mean, except for some assists, he, he hasn't really done that. And what do you think the answer, like, what do you think the, the problem is there?
0: Well, I'll tell you what the problem was. For the first like 10 games of the season, Max Domi was playing the left wing and David Camp was in the middle. And camp has not been good enough this season, not even close. Plus he's a player that is an absolute black hole for offense. So after about 10 games or so, they moved Domi to the middle, called up Nick Robertson. And those two have been clicking like crazy along with, with Cali Yarncroke who didn't move. He was in that uh, uh, third line right wing position the whole time. But that line has been actually pretty good recently. And, I think I think the numbers are through. It's either six or seven games now where they've played together, um, dating back to before the Sweden trip, and I think they've outscored opponents like six five or or something to that effect. So we knew that line was going to give up some some uh, some defensively. But we also know that they're also capable of, of scoring. Max Domi hasn't scored yet. You'd like to see the guy get a goal. You know, he has, I think, 11 assists through 19 games or whatever. But he's slowly starting to settle in. And you know what? I, I really like Max Domi now that he's playing in the middle. It seems like he can distribute the puck a lot better. And he's not, you know, stuck playing with David Kampf, who just creates absolutely nothing. That being said... Max Domi has a 3C playing with Nick Robertson on the wing. Even though they can score, I already mentioned they they give up quite a bit defensively. And if you think that that like both of those guys are going to be on a line together game 1 of the playoffs, you're crazy because they're not like they're not tough enough, they're not big enough. Like it's just not an option. And I hate to sound like a boomer, but like those two on a third line together, it's not an option. You need a, a, another line that can shut down another team like it, like i don't know it just they're they're irresponsible at times and that just isn't playoff hockey it's fun right now and i like nick robertson and i like max domi but i don't know if that's sustainable yeah i mean
1: according to all the boomers ryan reeves was the answer but now you that have a, a three-year contract in the press box
0: <laughs> That guy stinks, man. It, I don't know. I, I think priority number one is to replace Klingberg with a stable two-way defenseman. My, like I've told you guys, my dream defenseman would be Noah Hannafin. I think it makes so much sense. Re-sign him, give him you know, a little bit less than Morgan Riley, and then you have two horses for the foreseeable future on the back end. Both on the left side, that's fine. You've got two great pairs. For the next, you know, six years, and by the way, Morgan Riley has been playing like incredibly this year. He has something like, like, hold on, I have have it written down here somewhere. He has sixteen points in nineteen games, and he is like his pair of him and Brody get the toughest matchups every single night, but they've been handling it solidly this year. Morgan Riley has low key been maybe the second best Leaf. This season, like it's it it goes Nylander number one, Morgan Riley number two, and then probably like Matthews or Tavares, and then it gets tricky after that. Obviously, we know Marner; like they need more out of Marner, but yeah, Morgan Riley has been low key good. But yeah, they they need they need bodies, they need more effective players, and just right now this team is so incomplete; it almost feels like wrong to to come to a conclusion through 20 games or whatever, because this won't be the team that goes into the playoffs. Like tree Living like just can't be done. Like it, it it's just not a finished product. No. And if it is, then it's not a good one. Yeah. Just to go back to the the top six and and you mm-hmm. know the
1: the core four at least it's the consistency that I mentioned before. When you look at these guys and you look at that the fact that they're point per game players. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Matthew's last five games and he has four with no points. It's it's just they, they score multiple points a game and then they go quiet for a few. Now, a lot of wins in those last five games without mm-hmm. any points by Matthews, but that just can't be. You need those guys being consistent each night and then support from the bottom six. But when the top six is streaky minus Nylander and the bottom six is struggling, it's not going to work out. And you know, it seems like they have a fix. McMahon's been great on that fourth line. He's been fun yeah. to watch. A little spark plug. Um, and then Nyes is scoring and Yarn I thought you were going to say he's the second best player in the Leafs this year because he's, he's been, been good. A he's been Swiss good. Swiss Army Knife out there scoring a decent amount of goals as well. So, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's a, it's funny to to think that they've been playing eleven seven with a struggling back end or at least one with holes in it. So it seems like this team has a lot to fix, but they're the highest in the standings of the three we're going to talk about tonight.
0: Yeah, and that's why I said off the bat that the sky isn't falling. You know, like the power play is fifth in the league. The penalty kill could use some work, but it's not like it's in the absolute basement. I mean, I guess it's 19th. It could be a lot better, but like some things are going right on this team. And I do expect the scoring to go up. You know, like Matthews and Marner aren't going to be quiet for the rest of the season. Um, so I like, you want to talk about consistency, Nylander going 17 straight games to open the season yeah, that's with a point <laughs> that was incredible. And then JT as well, like is, he's been the model of consistency ever since he came to Toronto. Like he's about a point per game every single year and gets a point almost every game. Like it's, you know, that second line has been incredible. And I will say too, someone we haven't mentioned is, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Start of the year, first 10 games, I was out. I didn't, I didn't want to see him. He didn't look good. He looked slow, ugly, not the type of player they should have signed for five and a half. But over the past you know, five, six games, he started to settle in and he started to look pretty damn good playing on that second line with Nylander Taveras. So I, you know, I think the longer this team sort of takes and, and starts to settle in, I think the forwards anyway will get better. You know, another guy like David Camp isn't going to be as bad as he's been this season for the rest of the season. I think he'll eventually figure it out um, once they figure out a line that can defend if he wants to be a part of that. But I don't know, man. Like I said, this this team isn't complete. So it just feels odd to come to conclusions because, you know, they've got now about four million bucks to spend and they're certainly going to.
2: Yeah, when when talking about the buds like you know, I heard someone say this the other day, I forget who it was, but um obviously everyone out there is saying that oh for the maple leafs it, it's it the playoffs is the only thing that matters. The regular season doesn't matter. and You just hope that that doesn't like creep in into that locker room and all oh, that, you know, we just need to it doesn't matter, we just need to get to the playoffs kind of thing. And that is true to a to a certain extent, but you're certainly looking for for more consistent, uh, consistency consistency in, in all three positions with with this lineup. I mean, the goaltending Sam Sonov started off really uh, really poorly, and then Joseph Wool, who looks like the the future in net for them, um, you know, start uh, started off tremendously, and and uh, he's been a, a little up and down lately. Then on the back end, obviously. Not really sure what Tree Living was thinking with the with the John Klingberg experiment there, but um, look, I, I mean, we we know Tree Living and, and his track record. I think a move for defensemen is coming at some point, and it may be for uh, a defenseman off of the of the Calgary Flames, and uh, and then up front, you can really see how Marner is fighting it right now, and I would be more concerned about him uh, like you know between him and Matthews because when Marner is struggling you can really see it you can really see how it kind of wears on him and so that is something that he'll continue to have to shake but I think as the season goes along those those two guys are just so good that um, you know They'll they'll get going again. But case is right. Like they'll they'll have a big night where they put up three or four points or Matthews has a hat trick or whatever. Then they kind of disappear for a few games. But man, like I have I've been all over William Nylander the past couple of years, but he has been absolutely fantastic. Like he drives them offensively. Every single night, he's been doing it, and he's he's been making things happen every night, and uh, they have no choice but to, but to pay him um, after this year and and keep him around. I mean, that deal is is going to be massive now. I think the the ship has sailed on the eight and a half to nine million or or whatever, but. He's been fantastic, and I'm really happy for Nick Robertson as well because he's had a couple of tough years, and he is a good goal scorer and kind of too good for the American Hockey League at this point, I think. Oh, yeah. So to to <laughs> see him come in and, and contribute and and look like Domi is is starting to get going now. You'd like to see him get his first goal, but he's been contributing. Bertuzzi was probably their best player the other night in that loss to Pittsburgh as well. So. You know, obviously, still early. It's taken some time for some guys to get acclimated here, and certainly don't like how we're kind of back to. Uh, this team under Kyle Dubas a couple of years ago, where the bottom six, we were a little unsure about it, and and some of the roles, it looked good early on. Obviously, when they took Reeves out of the lineup, and they've uh, they've found some guys, and Noah Gregor, for example, and and whatever. So they'll have to figure that out. But uh, I mean, th- this team is is going to be fine, and uh, it's it's looking very likely in in this Atlantic Division that it's going to shake out that you know. That usual quartet of Boston, Florida, Tampa, Toronto—they're going to be the four teams that that get in the in the Atlantic. Um, Detroit—it looks like the only one that that could disrupt that right now. But yeah, not too worried about the Leafs moving forward. Just the consistency needs to improve a little bit. But we know Brad Tree living—he is one of those GMs who always asks whenever someone becomes available, he's in on it. They definitely talked to Patrick Kane or explored that or whatever. Obviously not what they need. And I think we know that a, a, that a move for a defenseman is coming at some point with, with Klingberg now on LTIR. So yeah, not too concerned with the Leafs as, as the year goes moving forward.
1: You mentioned you know the fact that he might be trading for a Calgary defenseman. And Chad, you said that Noah Hanfin was your dream defenseman for that situation. That's not mm-hmm. what you said to us. You said he was dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> dreaming or dreamy yeah you said Noah Hannafin's dreamy I want him on the team is that I is said, that how
2: I phrased yeah. it yeah just want all that's the that's what you said not want all the good looking guys on the on the Pretty team. Pretty weird.
0: I just want to see yeah. him wear what Nylander wore on that Swedish talk show where he was being groped by that you know seventy year old woman. <laughs> Did you guys see oh, that God. clip? Yes. she was like grabbing his muscles and stuff, and said <laughs> you. She called him like a groovy man or something. Anyway. And then, uh, so is this team going to play with six forwards and 4D next year when they have to pay Willie? Or what's the plan there? I mean, listen, I, I feel like this topic could be a whole, an entire episode. So I'll I'll give yes. you the cliff notes. If you give him a $4 million raise, okay, he makes seven. That would put him to 11. That's more than you want to give him. That's more than he's probably going to get. If say he gets ten and a half, okay, you basically just use John Klingberg's money to pay Willie when the cap goes up. Not that big of a deal. Then I guess you could say, okay, now they have four forwards who make more than ten million dollars. Well, JT has one year left after this one. He'll go down. Essentially, swap contracts with Nylander if they want to keep him. He'll be making you know the Kopitar money, the the seven times three or four or whatever Kopitar got. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a little bit more because the cap will be up, but I don't see it being a problem if you are committed to keeping everyone together. The bigger question is, is that the right decision? You know, I think they could definitely do it and still ice a very good team, possibly even another top five team, um, depending who they are fill fill out the team or you know depending who fills out the team around those guys but I just don't know if that is the right option if they lose again early in the playoffs
1: yeah my comment was less let's get into the plan here and more Willie Nylander now is pushing himself into a 11 million dollar category just the way he's playing so
0: and I'll say this like you guys know I've been the biggest Nylander supporter forever right like during the contract dispute You know, so many people were saying that it was going to be an overpay. And I am for sure on record at the time saying that he will outperform this contract. It's a good deal. He's a great player, blah, blah, blah. Didn't look so good in the first half season that he came back and and stunk, but, you know, he's been really great ever since. And I've been sort of pumping his tires from day one. But I have to say, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was drive a line on one of the best teams in hockey every single night good like do you know what i mean like i knew he was special but i didn't know that he was you know putting himself in the conversation of top 10 players in the league special because honestly like through 20 games that's the conversation like that's where he (laughs) is it's not like he's getting a bunch of secondary assists you know he's getting primary points he's scoring goals he's essentially putting the team on his back a lot of nights you know the, the days of people comparing or, or criticizing him of being a perimeter player, long gone. He scores more goals from the house than so many really good players. Like, he gets to the tough areas, he wins battles. He's like 210 pounds. You know, not that he throws his body around, but he wins puck battles all the time. Cat,
1: you and I both know his head weighs 30 pounds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flow adds an extra 10. But point is, I knew that Willie was good. I didn't know that he was great, and he's been
2: great this year. Ditto. Yeah, I did not. I did not see this. Well, actually, uh, I think we kind of did because it's a contract year. <laughs> well, yeah, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Geez. Well, <laughs> it'll be interesting to to see how that plays out, and I. I Again, I got to give it to him for not having a care in the world either. Like just going out there and playing. And uh, so anyway, credit to him. But yes, it is a contract year. So (laughs) it's not a surprise. But anyway... So that's the Devils. That's the Leafs uh, for you, and of course, uh, my Buffalo Sabers. Huge win the <laughs> other night over the uh, over the New York Rangers. Um, love to love to see that. I was terrified going into that game. I'll be honest with you guys because the Rangers have been so good to start season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, looking at the Sabres, uh, 500 record, 10, 10 and 2, and, uh, you know, 4, 4 and 2 in, in our last 10. But it, consistency, like consistency with a capital C, has been the issue with this team. It's been one up, one down. And especially last weekend, that was clearly evident Friday. Three unanswered goals, I believe it was, to come back and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins at home in front of a good crowd. Great. Then just an absolute stinker on the road in New Jersey against uh against the Devils and um Nico Heesher was was certainly great in, in that game uh for for your case. But um you know just too too many of those. Like too many just one up, one down, a good performance followed by just an absolute stinker. I get it, like back to backs, you know, the second half of a of a back to back is tough, but also it's it's the NHL and you just you have to have more consistency there. Sorry, Case, go ahead.
1: Yeah, you know, just want to jump in and say something before you you dive deeper here. Um, To the consistency, this actually has me feeling like the voodoo has them making the playoffs because I feel like the last four years, they're dominant in the november december period 10 game and, uh, win streak and there is it this year chad and i are just sitting they're not going to make the playoffs they're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> we keep saying that to you well it's not this year so maybe it means they're going to make the playoffs maybe they're going to be a, a late push team or
0: you know i don't know it, the voodoo says otherwise well and gets thumped by the bruins in the first round or sweep oh, them Jeez, you know
2: never know <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny you guys mentioned that. Yeah. Like it's, it's every year. It seems like they have a really hot start, you know, they're six and one in October or or whatever. And then they lose eight in a row in November. Like it's always November, just like the Ottawa senators. Uh November is a tough month. Um, but you know, they're just kind of, Staying right in in the middle, and so uh, I hope there's a big streak coming. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, look. Uh, obviously, uh, l- looking at at this team from from top to bottom, Tage Thompson being out of the lineup. I mean, that really hurts the attack, and and uh, the same offensive. Firepower that we saw last season. Obviously Tage was healthy the entire year, so him out is going to impact things. But, you know, a guy like Dylan Cousins has had a slow start to the season and Alex Tuck, who is going now, he had two goals in, in the game against, against the Rangers, um, the other night, uh, He's starting to go now, but it was a slow start for him. And and uh, they've got other guys out of the lineup right now, like Greenway and Gergensons. And so the depth takes a bit of a hit. I will say a guy like Casey Middlestat has really stepped up. And for a guy who we really weren't sure about for a while there, he was a high pick as well. Jeff Merrick told the story recently that in that draft, they everyone thought they were going to take Martin Natchez who ended up going to Carolina, they called an audible, ended up taking Middlestad, and it didn't look good there for a while. Obviously, lots of coaches and managers in and out, but he's been great. In Tage's absence and with Cousins kind of struggling a bit, he's been centering that top line with Skinner and Tuck, and they were great, especially in that win over the Rangers. J.J. Paterka, 15 points in his last 15 games against the Rangers in particular. And he's been close to a point per game to, uh, to start the season. Um, obviously uh, Zach Benson is sticking around, scores that gorgeous goal against the Capitals <coughs> for first, first, first. that was just ridiculous. Um, so great to, great to see him stick around. I think he's given, he's given this group a, a bit of a shot in, our, in the arm and, you know it's it, like last year the the big weakness for us was defending, right like- de- and and we outscored a lot of problems. That's not really happening so far this season, but we have been better defensively, I think which is good. I think the the additions of Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson have certainly helped. I thought. Um, In the win over the Rangers, I thought that was one of Owen Power's best games of the season. And obviously, you know what to expect from from Darlene every single night. So I think we're defending a little bit better. We're just not getting the goal support. And you certainly expect that to pick up especially when Tage gets back into the lineup and gets healthy and then of course the goaltending and uh, we saw the news today where Devin Levi was sent down to Rochester which is 100% the right move mm-hmm. and you know I got to I got to give the Sabres credit they tried it Levi had a couple of ridiculous years in college at Northeastern but guys, it is so rare to see a, a young goaltender come straight from college into the NHL right away and have success, had that 5 and 2 record last season, 905 save percentage in a very small sample size. So you're thinking, okay, like this should be good and, you know, he should be the guy, but Man, it's it's hard like to to be a full-time starter in in the National Hockey League especially when you're a young kid trying to get the hang of it. He's definitely the the future in that long term, I think for sure. But uh I'm I'm glad they they finally sent him down to Rochester. 876 save 8 percentage. He's got a record below 500 to start the season. Eric Comrie has been up and down, obviously. He's been injured. But Uko Pacaluukan has been terrific. And um you know, he had a couple of stinkers uh there after a, a really good start and then uh, he's he's picked it back up here. He had a hell of a game the other night in uh in New York. I know I keep going back to to that one, but uh but he's been great. And so send Levi down, just go with two guys and I think that that will really help things because obviously going with that three uh man Goaltending carousel—it obviously doesn't work. It, you know, it's hard for guys to get into a rhythm and and really uh, even things out. So, it's been a lot of criticism, obviously, of of the team's play and consistency so far seen so many comments about like you know we need to make a coaching change and let go of Granado and all of that I, I I don't think so I mean these guys are we're still in it we're only a couple of points behind you know teams like Tampa and and Detroit and um, I, I will go back to what you said case like uh, it, it's encouraging in a way that you know we didn't have the great hot start out of the gate early. And then the big fall off happens. It's just kind of been middle of the road all the way through. So hopefully this team can get hot. We saw them certainly get hot late in the season and make a push. And we're just one point behind the the Florida Panthers. Uh, but still, still have uh, have faith in this team to to take a real step mm-hmm. here. And 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 they could certainly um, get into a to a wild card spot. So I think just health, you know better goaltending, management, get Levi to kind of get his game back in Rochester, be more consistent. I think the boys will be fine.
1: Yeah, something to touch on a little further is is Tage Thompson. The of, absence of him is is definitely hard on this team and is going to be hard because he is like the definition of a play driving, like a line driving player. He mm-hmm. every line he's played on so far this year has flourished uh Greenway or Cousins, when when he played with Tuck uh, Tage Thompson, you know that's when he started playing well. Um, so it's it's going to hurt seeing him out. But with many of these injuries, I think you're starting to see the changing of the guard pop up with Paterka excelling and them calling up Yuri Kulich and them calling up Isaac Rosen and guys like that. They're starting to get the young guys playing a little more, and I'm hoping that that's going to give them uh, some good opportunities and end up in them, you know, playing more like that's where i want to see this team go like they've gone through a rebuild to have young guys to play so uh i think the direction's good i think if they can sort out the goaltending then The the good things are going to happen, and and this team should be scoring more than they are currently, uh, both analytically as well as just the eye test. Like, There's a lot of scoring players on this team, so I'm not overly concerned about Buffalo. The only thing I'm really concerned about is the division they're in. We've talked about that many times before, so it's going to be an absolute fight, and um, they're going to have to claw for every single point moving forward.
0: That's right. Yeah, Well, Harb, I wanted to touch on the goaltending, you know, being a goalie myself, that's my favorite topic. And, you know, like Casey and I had a conversation during a podcast where we talked about Calder candidates, you know, and one of the Calder candidates that, you know, going into this season, people talked about was Devin Levi. And Casey and I both said, like, you know, there's not a chance where he's a, a, a finalist, or a Calder candidate, or even, you know, for most people, a dark horse. Because coming into the NHL as a young goalie is like impossible with no pro experience. Like I don't know, it, it felt extremely rushed to me. I don't know why they insisted on having Levi in the NHL this early. You know, it's not like he was a first round pick. You know, he was a seventh rounder that they got as a throw in in a trade for Sam Reinhardt. And, you know, I I know we had the good world juniors. I know we had a a couple good years in college, but it just seemed like too much too soon for the kid. And even dating back to last year and when they were carrying him as a third goalie along with Anderson, it, it just felt premature. It felt rushed. And, you know, rushing a player can hinder their development. So I didn't like that decision to begin with. I'm happy that he's playing in the American League. I think he should stay there all season long. And maybe even next season, I don't think that's crazy to say it you know, dominate, dominate in a league again, find your confidence, get used to playing against men because in college, you really don't. you know it's a different animal even playing in the American League, and then of course it's an even bigger animal and a, and a beast playing in the n h l so you know it's baby steps, but a what be
1: sorry it's just. Remind me of a a comment I saw today because remember he said uh, in the press conference, (laughs) you you can't let the beast or leave the beast in the cage too long. I saw a comment that was like, I guess the the beast is going back in the cage a little longer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The cage in Rochester. But yeah, so I didn't, I don't know. I didn't agree with having him on the team to begin with. I think it's better for his development to dominate in the AHL. The second thing I wanted to push back a bit, Harper, you said that the team is defending Better this year, but the numbers really don't indicate that at all. In terms of expected goals against, they're 26th in the league right now, and actual goals against, they're 23rd. So their goaltending actually hasn't been that bad. UPL has been saving goals above expected, and Comrie is right about average, and same with Levi. So I don't know. Like, I, I don't actually think they've been defending better. I think They've been getting average goaltending and kind of allowing as many goals as as chances they're giving up. So that was something I wanted to push back on. When it comes to forwards, though, on this team and the goal scoring, I do agree with you that it's bound to go up. You know, especially when they eventually get Tage Thompson back, the goal scoring will go up. Um, it was. It's nice to see that Casey Middlestad has stepped up and has really become you know, an elite player. I don't think they have a single guy right now above a point per game, but Middlestat leads them. I think he has what, like 20 and 22 or something like that yeah. in terms of points. And so like, that's solid. That's exactly what you need of Middlestat. So kudos to him for stepping up in Tage's absence. And I think this team will start scoring more, but I just had to say that the defensive numbers don't look good. To find the middle ground on
1: Harper saying the team's defending better and the analytics chat is uh, the games that I have watched at Buffalo, they have looked like they've defended better. It's the losses. They lose five to seven goals. And Mm. and that's what skews maybe the numbers a little bit when they're winning or when the game is close, they're defending well, but there's a few stinkers in there. And early on, there was a, they lost, was it Pittsburgh that had seven on them and, the Devils have had seven on them. There's a few that they've allowed five, so it's yeah, you know, statistically it's skewing a little. I, bit, I buy that. It, I buy that. They have yeah. looked better defensively. Last year was not a good
0: defensive year, but they're yeah. scoring a million goals, so you can you can afford yeah. that at times. So. Yeah, and but you know what? Like they do have the personnel, and especially you know when power continues to develop like they're gonna have a solid back end for years to come i just i just had to mention that because you know they may they might be defending well at times but the analytics don't uh point to that conclusion
2: no fair enough and uh i mean it's you guys will will laugh at this obviously you know big eye test guy when looking (laughs) at shocker (laughs) when our team is is playing, but uh, from what I've seen from the new additions and in in Johnson and Clifton, they've looked really good. Ryan Johnson as well. I, I know you guys aren't familiar with him, but he was a late first rounder in uh, in the Darlene draft in 2018. He that was the pick that was a part of the, uh, the the Ryan O'Reilly trade with with St. Louis. So we got him in that deal as well, and um, he uh, since being called up. With some of the injuries to the blue line, he has not been sent back down to Rochester. He's looked very good for for us. But um, just going back to the goaltending a little bit, again, I, I'm glad that Levi was sent down. And, and I know that Kevin Adams believes in him, but it just seemed like no matter how well UPL was playing or Comrie here and there. It just seemed like no matter what, we're gonna we're gonna keep putting Levi in. We're gonna keep throwing him in. That's what it felt like. And again, he is a fascinating guy. Like the way that he thinks, and and he's very talented. And I, I think is um, could certainly be a, an elite goaltender and and the guy for the future for us. But. Um, you know, just it, it, this was not managed well. I, I will say that. And, uh, but, but look, I mean, there is plenty of runway to make up for that. That's the good thing. And Rochester is a good team who could win the Calder Cup this year in the AHL, in my opinion. So he's going to get plenty of runway here to, to find his game again. I would be okay with the rest of the season, or at least until like the trade deadline, let's say, at this point. Give him enough runway to find his game, but you have to instill confidence in a guy like UPL. He's played well enough. He's put up the best numbers out of the three. You have to give one of these guys an opportunity to to take this and and run with it. And I think that's going to be big moving forward. So we'll see. But um, you know, again, with like your devil's case, I just I feel like our our teams are are similar in a lot of ways. Obviously we're behind in, in a little bit and looking to take that step that you guys did last year. I just think that, you know, if certain things fall into place and the consistency Picks up a, a, a little bit more here and keep getting saves on a on a consistent basis. That um, things will will play out the way that we expected them to in the off season.
1: It's funny. It's our two teams are on the outside looking in, and there's a lot of optimism. And then Chad's team is higher up in the standings, and there's a lot of maybe <laughs> not a lot, but some pessimists. Yeah, Yeah. pessimism in there.
2: (laughs) Isn't that always how it is with Toronto? No matter how well they do. They could be fifth in the league (laughs) and they're like, I'm not going to win in the playoffs. But
0: (laughs) I wanted Uh. to mention that about Marner, actually, because I feel like we dogged on him for like 20 minutes. The dude's still over a point per game. Like, sure, he's not as consistent, but like, man, he's still a damn good player. He is. So, and I feel like that has to be said or else you know people are going to like listen to what we say and and tell us that we're idiots when he goes and scores five points in a game it's a good problem to have when your your best players are struggling at a point per game (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly um final thing i wanted to say like just going back to the the levi thing i don't know like can you guys remember another seventh round pick who got this much hype like, I just don't, I've never understood it from the very start. He was picked in the seventh round, Devin Levi. Yeah. Like I mentioned, was thrown in to that Reinhardt trade as like an extra, like a prospect. I know we had two good seasons in college, but I just like, I never understood the hype. I look at guys like Sebastian Kossa, Jesper Walstead. Like some good young goalies who were picked in the first round who are still not consistently playing NHL games. So I just never understood what the rush was to get him in and all the hype surrounding him. I don't know, Harper, can you maybe like, do you have an answer to that? Or am I just like totally misreading the player or like what exactly is going on?
2: Well, look, I, his last his last three or four years have been um, have have been excellent, and I just you know I just think with the just with the the way that he is technically, and just the 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 way he thinks and and trains and everything like you know there there's there is a lot hold on
0: hold on let me let me stop you the way he thinks and trains and stuff like i've seen so many videos about that how he thinks and trains and like you know he idolized carrie price growing up and like he thinks he's a jedi and that kind of stuff and it's like but like there's so much coverage of him in the first place of course we're all going to see that I just don't understand it. I don't get why there's so much coverage of him and hype. It's it's his it was his world juniors. I, yeah. He went I from jun- I, I junior way to winning the world juniors. I know, like, I yeah. know. It was a crazy jump, but like mm-hmm. if he if he never makes it as an NHL starter, I don't think that's that's you I don't think that you can be disappointed. Like, is that crazy to say? I th- I think it would be disappointing now because, yeah,
1: like now because he's had great like a great world figures like, and then great yes, college numbers and you know everything is pointing towards him being good. So I would say so. Yeah,
0: I I just think the pressure on that kid has to be astronomical. Essentially, come in, save this franchise who hasn't had a good goalie since Ryan Miller. You know, like well, and and. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Keith.
1: Sorry, I've been I've been searching on the side to try to answer Chad's question about <laughs> seventh round goalie picks and hype. And he's a
0: he's a hypocrite, is what I've learned. Because Ooh. Garrett Sparks.
1: Yeah. Garrett Chad.
0: Sparks won AHL goalie of the year and a Calder Cup. And he was a seventh round pick but a he proved that much hype playing pro hockey that he could dominate in the AHL on the best AHL team. in the league won a Calder cup and goalie okay Devin of the Levi's year. gonna do that this year Maybe he will. But, like, j- just do you understand my point, though? It wasn't that disappointing that Garrett Sparks never made it as a starter because he was picked in the seventh round. Uh, Who cares? I don't, I don't
1: know that that's true. I think everyone was pretty disappointed
2: when Garrett Sparks didn't make it.
0: Well, yeah, because they had to give away Curtis McElhaney and Calvin
2: Pickard. But I just think that I know what you're saying, Chad. I do. I, now- I just
0: don't understand the hype. Like, leave what? the kid alone, let him dominate, and then he'll come to the NHL and eventually be good. I well, think the hype and, came from the World Juniors in a sample size last
1: year. I, I'm not saying right. it should guess, be there. I'm just saying I guess, that, like, and, I his, and his
2: that. last couple of years at, at Northeastern. So it was warranted coming in. But look, I, I don't think – j- obviously, I'm biased, but I just don't see the fall off there like we've seen with other players coming in from college, like Jimmy VC, for example. All the hype around him. Will Butcher. You know, like guys, guys like that who who came in with a with a ton of hype. Z- uh, Scott Perunovich in St. Louis, who we really there was a lot of hype around him, but we really haven't seen a ton of them. So, look, I'm not even like predicting
0: a fall off. I'm just saying. No, I like, know. it seems unfair to put that much hype and pressure on a kid who literally almost didn't even get drafted. Like I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm reading too much into his draft position because like I know he's been good over the past few years but to me it just Yeah. it seems odd that everyone is putting so much stock into this kid who
2: Well, it's right. it's because it's because Buffalo like it, it's because of the playoff drought and, and, you know, it's been so long and selling hope and, and all of that. So, but I, I think that, you know, maybe they recognize that in a way, can't rush this kid and now he's going to get an opportunity to go and, and dominate down ro- in, uh, in Rochester. But uh, look, I mean, I, I I totally understand he is not on the same level by any means as, you know, some of the guys that you mentioned, a Wallstead, a scare of Dustin Wolf, for God's yeah, sakes. I mean, how one. unbelievable is that guy. But um, yeah, I I, I obviously am a little bit biased, but I, I see a bright future for this kid for sure. And again, good move to send him down, finally, because there is it's not like this is ruined. There is plenty of runway here for him to get his game back, find his confidence, and uh and, and be a good goaltender for us in, in, the, in the future. So.
0: Yes. That is and more talk about Devin Levi than I anticipated <laughs> in this episode.
2: And, and also, we can't, you know, all, all picks and all rounds of the draft, they matter. So we can't put too much into who was a seventh rounder and who was this and who was that.
1: I think they matter even less when they're goalies. Like it doesn't matter when you drop a goalie right because you never know when a Yossi Soros is going to come out in the fourth round.
0: Or a, that's, that's true. That's right. what about what, what about UPL? Round. Second rounder who you know they had in their system forever, and I feel like he didn't get the same hype, or maybe he did, but it's just past oh, I, now. I remember
1: him getting the hype. I, I thought he was yeah. going to be the next thing for four years in a row. That's why I think he's like 28 years old at this point, but he's still young. <laughs> Jesus, it's, he's
0: what yeah, like 20, 24. Yeah, it's yeah, 24. it's
2: taken it's taken a while for him. I even remember like you know before last season or whatever, like just like you know. When are we going to see this kid come up? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the high elite potential
0: while. in
1: 2019 or whatever it was.
0: Okay, I do remember that. Playing the NHL games and, yeah, he's like 95 overall for no reason. <laughs> and
2: and keep, and keep in mind, too, I think part of this whole thing is that Levi is very much... That is, that is Kevin Adams. That is a Kevin Adams pick. Not a draft pick, but like, you know, they... Coveted him, and and he's been he was high on him when they acquired him in the in the Reinhardt deal. UPL that was Botterell's guy. Baderel mm-hmm. saw UPL as the future netminder of the of the Buffalo Sabers, and what he's we're been their best guy this year. Yeah, so, and what you know. we're continuing to see is that a lot of a lot of Botterill's picks and bets turned out to be good ones.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good
3: way
2: to end it. All right. There we go. So, uh, quarter mark uh, of the NHL season. We're at that point. And uh, there we go. A little summary on uh, on our three clubs, uh, the Devils, the Leafs, and the Sabres. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. As always, take care. Enjoy the rest of the games. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams.
1: Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patron.com
0: slash boysinthebooth.